Thank you, Spirit of Grace, for leading us in worship so capably once again today, and thank you all for participating in worship so beautifully today. Good singing. Good singing. Amen? Amen. Good, good songs. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Thank you so very much. We want to say a word of welcome to all of those who may be listening online or watching our video today, and thank you so much for joining us. You two are a part of our Grace Church extended family. We're so glad that you're here and that you are watching and listening online, and uh, we just want to bless you today as well. So thanks for coming, and uh, today we get to uh, an interesting part of our Mark story uh, as we've been journeying systematically through the Gospel of Mark here at Grace Church in our sermon series, When Kingdoms Collide. And today's passage is actually the Palm Sunday passage of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So we know that Palm Sunday is still a couple of weeks away. Okay, here at Grace Church, we never really do things normally, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll celebrate Palm Sunday on Palm Sunday, but today we're looking at this passage, which will give us more time to sort of exemplify and hone in, focus in more on the events of Holy Week in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to keep going through this Gospel of Mark, and we'll have an Easter message, and, and then we'll come back and pick it up from there too. So, uh, so don't worry. And I've, you know, sometimes I ask the elders, are, are, are you guys getting tired of this series? I was like, is this, do, I, do we need to just do something else now? Let's pause and hit the, hit the pause button. No, no, keep going. You're preaching the Word of God, Pastor. It's all good, and we love going through Mark and learning deeply. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. So today, it's Palm Sunday, all right? So our passage today is Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. It's entitled, The Triumphal Entry in My Bible. And I invite you to follow along. The words are on the screen, and you may listen or watch there as you prefer. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, tell him, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord and Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for your presence with us today. You are present where your people gather. You are present in your word. You are present in your sanctuary, and we thank you we thank you, Lord. 
Nobody came here this morning to hear a talk or a lecture. We came to hear your word proclaimed. We came to encounter once again the living Jesus in our midst, even through his spirit. Lord, oh, how we need to be touched by your grace, how we need to be touched by Jesus. Heal us. Help us. Encourage us. Speak to us. In your holy name we pray it. In all God's people said, amen. amen. Have you ever been really excited to, to go someplace? You know, there was some destination or maybe somebody's home or just something that you really wanted to go to. So, what's so funny up there? Oh, yeah, okay. So, when I was, I remember that slide now, putting that together earlier this week. When I was a boy, we got to go to grandma's house, sometimes on Sunday afternoon or maybe Sunday evening after church. And grandma always had cookies and hot cocoa for all of us kids, my siblings and I, and we loved to go to grandma's house. We looked forward to that, and sometimes all week long, when can we go to grandma's? We'll go Sunday night. Maybe you look forward to a special concert, you know, that Barry Manilow concert, you know. Maybe he's in Des Moines or someplace, you know, the Twin Cities, and you drive all the way, and you see this great, you've been so looking forward to it, and, and you've been singing, oh, Mandy, all week long ever since right? Maybe, uh, as in my case, so you know I love to go to Hawaii, and I've been there several times, and uh, you know that um, you just love to go. Maybe it's a dream destination, a dream vacation, and you can't wait, and maybe you've been planning for months or even years, and finally the time comes and you get to go, right? Excited, right? A couple of years ago, I got to go on my Wild West vacation, I called it, and I planned it for months and booked the hotels and everything else, and and I just, finally the day of departure came, and I left early in the morning so that I could drive all the way up to South Dakota, uh, or to Mitchell, South Dakota, and to see the Corn Palace. That was the highlight of the whole vacation, right? I mean, oh man, have you ever been there? You got to see the Corn Palace. And, and then I spent that, uh, you know, uh, uh, went to, to the Badlands and, and Wall. And of course, you got to stop at Wall Drug. You know, you see the signs all the way, you know, 300 miles. Oh man, you know, 298 miles. Every, every few miles, there's another sign for Wall Drug. So I had to stop there. I had, I had a buffalo burger to eat at Wall Drug that evening. And and then it was on, you know, the next day and uh, traveled uh, to uh, the Black Hills. And I got to see the Black Hills and Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. Uh, they're still working on that, by the way. Uh, turned, uh, toured a gold mine and, uh, and, then, uh, and then toured through Custer State Park. My sister Mary said, you'll see all kinds of buffalo and you're going to love it. I saw one. One buffalo and Custer. I, they were all gone the day that I was there. I don't know where they went. Heard that I was coming and ran. So a few days later, on to Devil's Tower. And uh, that's pretty interesting. Cody, Wyoming, the Buffalo Bill Museum. And then my ultimate destination, Yellowstone National Park. What a great... Have you ever been there? How many have been there? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That, is it worth seeing, right? That is something else, just the, 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 the spectacular grandeur of God's creation and design. And, you know, the, the super volcano didn't blow while I was there, thankfully, you know, and so everybody's so safe. And, but to see the geysers and, and just the colors and 
prismatic springs, all of those things, so wonderful. And I saw lots of buffalo in, uh, in Yellowstone, too, and other wildlife as well. It is so fun to plan for that destination, right? That, that favorite vacation, whatever you're going, that, that place that you want to go or the concert that you want to see. It's so fun to plan. We look forward to that. You might even plan for weeks or months or even years. But now imagine that your destiny involves pain and suffering, even death. You might not look so forward to that. It's not an exaggeration to say that Jesus was born to die. His entire life was oriented toward Jerusalem. A cross on a hill called Calvary was the destination that Jesus had to look forward to. For three years, he enjoyed good times with his disciples, too. They traveled around. He taught them. He called them. He taught them. He trained them. He ate with them. I'm sure they had many laughs, probably some tears along the way. Jesus did lots of miracles during those three years on the way to Jerusalem. He healed many sick people. He cast out demons. He, he talked and taught about the kingdom of God. And then things took kind of a turn, and he began to talk about his imminent suffering and death, that he would go to Jerusalem and that he would be betrayed and handed over to chief priests and, and eventually they would beat him and mock him and spit on him and, and kill him. Jerusalem and the cross were the destination that Jesus had to look forward to. I don't know if I would, but Jesus did. Today we find Jesus solemnly riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Mark's account of Palm Sunday has no welcoming praise with huge crowds of people, no children singing or dancing, singing Hosanna's praises. There are not even any palm branches in Mark's version, if you read the text carefully, just branches from the field, maybe palm, maybe not. And you have to wait until Monday morning before you get to the exciting stuff of Jesus overturning the tables in the temple. It's not in this story. Mark's version is stripped down and muted and somber and restrained. In Mark, the triumphal entry of Jesus is more like a solemn entry. And yet, despite the muted, more somber tone of Mark's version of Palm Sunday events, there are at least three reasons why I want to submit to you that Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is very good news. What makes Jesus' entry into Jerusalem such good news? Three things. Number one, God ordained it. Say it with me. God ordained it. Have you ever had a time in your life where you really just felt that God was working in your life, that all things were sort of coming together for your good, that, that, that God's hand was in it, that circumstances were sort of coming together, they were sort of aligning, and things were falling into place? And we don't always feel that way. A lot of times it seems that life is a kind of a series of random events to us. But it's great when we can feel and see the hand of God moving in our lives. When I was called to go to Cambodia to be a missionary there, I distinctively felt God's 
calling upon my life. God had arranged for me to, to work at this church in Michigan, to meet Cambodian people, to hear their story, to, to feel their pain and their plight, and, and then to, to lead me there. And then I was self-supporting. All the funding came together very quickly. The people at the organization had food for the hungry. So we've never seen the, the support come in so quickly, and I just knew that God's hand was upon me. It was great. When I took the call to become your pastor here 25 years ago, I just felt like it was God's will. I just felt like God was arranging things, and there were all kinds of little things that sort of fell into place along the way, and I just knew that God wanted me here in Waterloo. When I work and minister from week to week and even preparing a message, I often feel God's hand in that and coming together and things sort of falling together and sometimes it comes in the middle of the night and I get these ideas and, and weird alliterations and things that, you know, you all know me too well, but I say, okay, Lord, I, was gonna, I wanted to sleep tonight, but no, I'll, okay, so I got a notepad by my nightstand and I write these things down and, and, and I know that God is in it. I know that God is in it. Today's story is like that. Jesus says to his disciples as they are making their final journey to Jerusalem, as they approach the holy city, they, they pass through the villages of Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives. And before they get to Bethphage, Jesus says to two of his disciples, go to the village, go up there and, and ahead of you, and there you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden, which was appropriate for religious purposes, by the way. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you what you are doing, just tell them the Lord needs it and we'll send it back to you shortly. Verses 4 through 6 say the disciples went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway. Whew, there it is. And they untied it. And guess what? Some people were standing there and they asked, what are you doing with that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them and the people let them go. I don't know if you can see it or not. I hope you do, but the whole thing may seem incidental, but it's not. It was exactly as Jesus had foretold. It was exactly as God himself had planned it ahead of time. Way back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Zechariah says in chapter 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and, get this, Riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It was by divine arrangement that that little hee-haw donkey colt was right where Jesus said it would be. It was no coincidence that the disciples found everything as Jesus had said, even the people's questioning, they're taking the cult. You see, God had arranged, orchestrated, and ordained every detail. God's fingerprints are all over this story, and I hope you see it. What an encouragement. What a gift to know that this is not some fluke thing. The enemy's not in charge here. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem was ordained by God. It was a part of this master plan that we sometimes don't see very clearly. In fact, oftentimes not. When I was a youth pastor in my former life, 
before I was ordained, and I worked at a Christian Reformed church in Holland, uh, one of the great privileges that we were able to see and witness, or that I was, was when young people came to faith in the Lord, when they, when they crossed that line of faith, and, and they received Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and, and they would go then before the elders of our church, just like we do here at Grace, and they would profess their faith. The elders might ask them some questions. There might be a couple key questions about their faith in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus, your Lord and Savior, so forth? And uh, one young man, he came to the Lord, he met with the elders of this church, and one of the elders asked a kind of tough question. It wasn't a trick question, there, but he was just curious, and this young man, his name was Jim, very bright, very smart, and one of the elders asked, uh, what does it mean to be reformed? Sounds like a good doctrinal question, you know, what does it mean to be reformed? You know, Tell us, do you know? But he didn't ask it in that spirit. He just was curious. So what would Jim say? What would this high school kid say? He said, I think it means that God is sovereign. That God is sovereign. It's one of the core tenets of our faith, right? That the world isn't spinning out of control, that God is in control, that, that things aren't just happening random willy-nilly by chance here and there, but no, that God is orchestrating, even ordaining the stuff of this life. The psalmist says in, in Psalm 139, he, 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 said, he writes that all of my days were ordained for me before even one of them came to be before they were written in your book. And so are your days. So are the days of Jesus. So are my days. Yes, God is at work in this world, in our nation, even in Grace Church, in your life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your work, in your heart. God is sovereign. Every minute detail held in His hands. What a comfort. What a comfort when it feels like the world is falling apart to know that things are really falling into place somehow in ways that blow my mind that I cannot understand. God is on the throne. Amen? Amen. God is in control. I'm in His hands. Jesus is in His hands, and so are you. We're in His hands. He's got the whole world in His hands, in fact. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is good news because God ordained it. Number two, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is good news because Jesus obeyed it. Say it with me. Because Jesus obeyed it. I'm not so sure that I would be too excited about entering into Jerusalem knowing what awaits me there if I were Jesus. If it were me, I would have jumped off that little donkey colt as fast as I could, and ran the opposite direction. I'm sure of it, and maybe you too. Entering into Jerusalem, knowing that these are the last few days of my life, that I was about to suffer a slow, painful death by the most excruciating and torturous means known to mankind, crucifixion. What would you do? I don't think I could do it. How do prisoners facing the death penalty live out their final days? I don't know what I would do. 
But we know what Jesus did. He kept walking to Jerusalem. He kept moving forward. He kept riding that little donkey. With courage and fortitude, motivated by love for you and me, Jesus enters the holy city, well aware of the fate that he would encounter there and suffer there by week's end. Jesus had not already predicted his death, or excuse me, he had already predicted his death three times just prior. Make no mistake about it, he knew exactly what awaited him, which is why we think the Mark's version, his mood is is very somber. Mark, more than any other gospel writer, focuses on the events of Jesus' passion, his suffering, his sacrifice. More devote, uh, more space in Mark's gospel than any other gospel writer to that. Jesus doesn't deny the praise of the people along the road. He doesn't shut them down or shut them up. Yes, he is king, all right. He is indeed deserving of their praise. He is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He is the one who is bringing the kingdom of David to pass. He is the Messiah. Yes, they got that right. It's just that the crowds were dead wrong about how that kingdom would come. Jesus would not restore the fortunes of Jerusalem immediately by a show of force against the Romans. Jesus doesn't ride in on a white horse to save the day. He comes riding on a donkey colt, a symbol of peace and humility and meekness and lowliness. These are the things that the kingdom of God is about. And it's what we need in order to enter into it. Humility, meekness. The praises of the people are somewhat misguided. The, the Palm Sunday parade, the, the enthronement procession is there. There's allusions to that, but it's muted in Mark, and Jesus knows what's going to happen, and yet he quietly, silently, solemnly rides that donkey into Jerusalem. Jesus resolutely faces the fate that awaits him. I don't know about you, but that kind of touches my heart. As the old hymn says, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could, have, he could have prevented the scourging. He could have avoided the suffering. He could have jumped down off from that cross. He had the power. He was God after all. He could have avoided the whole thing just to take the easy route. No, there was no easy route. But Jesus even cries out in the Garden of Gethsemane, Oh God, oh Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. And God is silent as if to say, there's no other way. Jesus, my son. And Jesus concedes, but not my will, but yours be done, Lord. In other words, if this is your will for me, I will walk this road. I will obey your plan. First John 3.16 tells us this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us all. John 15, 13 tells us, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command, says Jesus.
Oh, the love of Jesus. Oh, the love of God for you and me. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And Jesus himself demonstrates his love for God the Father by obeying the Father's plan. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, says the author of Hebrews. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is good news, not only because God ordained it, but because Jesus obeyed it. He followed the plan of the Father perfectly from beginning to end. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Jesus' arrival and entry into Jerusalem is good news because God ordained it, because Jesus obeyed it, and thirdly, because believers obtain it. Say it with me, because believers obtain it. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he had suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation. Say it with me, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who believe, for all who obey him. What God ordained and Jesus obeyed brings blessings and benefits for all of us who believe and who receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. What are the beneficiaries? We are the beneficiaries of Christ's death. We are the benefactors of God's will and inheritance. Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth, say it with me, a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance, say it with me, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept where? Not in the bank, kept in heaven for you. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance in heaven that can neither perish or spoil or fade. Inflation won't affect it. It's where rust and moth can't destroy it. It's kept for you for all eternity. Paul says it a little bit more succinctly in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Of course, we're looking ahead now to what happens after the events of this week in Jerusalem, after the crucifixion. Today, according to Mark, it's still Palm Sunday, and those who walked the road with Jesus shouting His praises had no idea what was yet to come. They wanted Jesus to restore the kingdom of David now, today. The kingdom of God is coming, they thought, here in this day. They believed. They believed. Give them credit for that. They believed. They praised Him. Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is a Hebrew expression meaning the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Lord save us. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus is about to install a new government of justice beginning right here in Jerusalem, they thought. How exciting. Jesus is coming to town and you better watch out because he's looking at you Romans and he's about to set you straight. Things are about to change. You better be ready. Jesus is coming. Well, things changed all right in ways most people never saw coming. Many of the same people shouting praises today would be yelling, crucify him by week's end. Not all were ready for Jesus. They couldn't all handle the truth. Jesus would bring about salvation all right, but it wouldn't happen in the way that they imagined or hoped. And yet to all who receive him, says John, 
to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Are you a child of God? Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? Have you been adopted by him into his family? Do you count yourself a brother and sister with each other and with Jesus? Because Jesus is adopting you. He died on a cross and he paid the death penalty that we had hanging over our heads so that you could go free. Wow. That's gospel. That's gospel. We are made a part of this family. Joint heirs with Jesus as we sometimes sing. Jesus took upon himself the death penalty we deserved. He took upon the cross willingly, clung to it, and then hung on it. And he did so for you and for me that we might live. That we might have an inheritance kept in heaven that will neither perish or spoil or fade. That we too could be called children of God. That we could enter his kingdom and live eternally with Jesus. God ordained it. Jesus obeyed it. Believers obtain it. Praise God for Jesus. What does it all mean for you? For me, I guess it just makes my heart kind of well up with praise. And I say, Lord, I thank you because I am a sinner. Woe to me. My thoughts are not always pure. My actions are not always pure or right. I need Jesus. I need that saving grace. And so do you. Maybe Jesus is saying to you today, as we look at this story from the past, that he, maybe he's saying, I want to enter your town today. I want to enter Waterloo. I want to enter the Cedar Valley. I want to enter Grace Church today. Will we be ready? Would we receive him? Would we receive him with praises and shouts of joy, Hosanna, King of kings and Lord of lords? Would we, would we do that? Because Jesus may be saying to you and to me today, I want to be a part of your life. Would you open your heart anew? Would you lift up your heads, O you gates? Would you let Jesus in? even to the door of your heart, which can only be opened from the inside, by the way. Maybe Jesus is saying, I want to I enter into your marriage in a way that I've never entered into it before, that you've never allowed me to. Maybe Jesus is saying, I want to enter into your relationships. I want to enter into your workplace. I want to enter into school. I want to enter into your heart, and I want to reign there for the King and the Lord that I am. Would you let him? Would you let him? Because today we're reminded that Jesus is coming. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of David. The kingdom of God through, through Jesus is coming. May we celebrate this truth today. May we worship our great God, Jesus the Lord.
Let's pray. God and Father, we come before you today to say we're sorry. We, we, we've sinned. We've fallen short. But Lord, this is no surprise to you. You know us. You know what we need. We need a Savior. Lord, we thank you for those people along the road early in Jerusalem in this story who, who even though they didn't fully understand it, they still praised Jesus. Much like us, Lord, when our understanding is so limited, maybe Jesus doesn't meet all of our expectations. However, He does what's right. He is better. His way is your way. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for coming into our lives, into this world, and for being faithful, Lord, all the way to Jerusalem and to the cross on Calvary. Not the destination that any of us would probably look forward to, and yet Jesus did. With courage and obedience, He walked that road. Thank you, Lord. For Jesus, our King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen.